it was kind of a punch to the gut this morning watching the news and uh, being reminded that it's the one-year anniversary of the Uvalde uh, school shooting where an 18-year-old gunman uh, killed 19 children, two teachers, and uh, the Uvalde Police Department staged outside the school uh, for one hour, um, either due to cowardice or incompetence. And, and, and I really hate using those words when it comes to law enforcement because it's a job, number one, I couldn't do, and I can't even under uh, understand the day-to-day stresses that, that police officers and their families go through. But it seems pretty unanimous that, uh, uh, to put it lightly, this was a, a massive mistake, and it led to more casualties um, um, than, than if uh, you know these police officers would, would have acted as heroically as uh, some other police departments have in the past. And, and, and there's a lot of great examples of, of police departments acting swiftly and competently when it comes to, to mass shootings. Uh, you think back to uh, Oxford here in, in Michigan. Um, you know, that incident was over within five minutes. Um, you remember the body cam footage of the police officers who neutralized the, uh, uh, the, the gun woman in Nashville, uh, the, the elementary school, or the shooter in Louisville, the um, office building where Nicholas Wilt a rookie cop was shot and last check May 3rd he's still uh in the hospital he's off event but uh he's still in the hospital and and he's struggling so um you know the poor police response by by officers in Uvalde Texas uh makes this story even more um enraging and it makes it even more heartbreaking because if there was somebody in charge who knew what the hell they were doing um, more lives could have been saved that day. And uh, since that day, I mean, things things have happened, right? Um, Sandy Hook was a big catalyst um, for, for gun reform, um, and it didn't happen as quickly as a lot of people um, thought it should. Same thing with Parkland. The thing that uh, was different with the Parkland shooting is that the high schoolers who were actually involved and affected by that shooting, got involved legislatively. Uh, David Hogg, one of them, and, uh, you know, he, he's often a lightning rod for the far-right pro-gun crazies. Um, but after that, I thought, okay, surely something will happen because, uh, you know, now you've actually got the kids who were victimized, not not shot, but every every. Every person involved in a mass shooting is is a victim. So you actually have um, people who are victimized actually um, speaking out and saying, do something, help us. And, uh, you know, to many legislatures' credit, since Uvalde, uh, a lot of things have been done. There have been a lot of states that have passed expanded background checks, Michigan uh, included, uh, passed red flag laws have passed safe storage laws. At the federal level, they um, closed a boyfriend loophole, which uh, keeps people who have been uh, convicted of domestic violence from, from, from owning a gun. Um, but it's still happening. And I think that uh, 
you know, we're never going to totally eradicate it here in America. And the problem is with, with new gun legislation, you can't quantify a negative. You can't, uh, you, you, you can't, uh, you know, go to a legislature or, or, or people who want absolutely no gun legislation and say, here, look, uh, in, the, in the past year, this is how many shootings that these laws thwarted. Because um, you, can't, you can't quantify something that has never happened. And, uh, you know, right here in Michigan, um, of course, earlier this year, we had that terrible uh, shooting on the campus of MSU. And about a year and a half before that, we had Oxford. And, of course, you remember the heartbreaking thing about that is that um, you had kids who survived Oxford who also had to survive the MSU shooting. And I remember there's this uh, student on the news saying that we should not have school shooting veterans. And, uh, and that hit hard. Um, so last night, the Oxford School District, they had a meeting, a public meeting, to explore um, gun safes to put in the schools. And what these gun safes uh, are, they, um, they're, they're a gun safe that is, uh, I don't know if it's face activated or like a retina scan, but essentially, um, you know, your school resource officer or, or somebody who's, who, who's trained on firearms and, and is trusted, um, they stand in front of a camera, the gun safe unlocks, and inside the gun safe is a long gun with um, ammo and a bulletproof vest. And the thought, thinking behind the uh, the retina scan or the facial recognition is that in a uh, stressful situation like this, you might forget a combination. Um, your fine motor skills might be compromised, so you might ha have a, a hard time uh, pushing the buttons. And obviously, this is very controversial, right? Um, and, and I understand both sides. Number one, it, it, it seems on, on the surface to be kind of, I don't know, contradictory to say that uh, the answer to gun violence is more guns. But uh, me personally, I think to ensure safer schools, um, it needs to be a, 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 a twofold process. And that's probably even too simplistic, right? Like every time there's a mass shooting, we need tougher gun laws. No, we don't. We need better health. We need uh, better mental health services. Uh, they're both right and they're both wrong. When it comes to uh, cutting down on school shootings, I think you need to, A, continue to look at more um, legislation that keeps guns accessible to the quote-unquote good guys with the guns and makes it hard, make it harder for bad guys to get their hands on guns, and hardening the schools. And I completely understand the argument saying, you know, kids are, are not going to feel safe in a school if they know that, uh, you know, there's, there, there's a gun locked up in the hallway like a, uh, like a fire extinguisher. And it's probably a morbid reminder, especially in Oxford, about what happened. And for schools that have never um, experienced such tragedy, it's probably a scary reminder of what could happen. Me, personally, I, I think with a couple of caveats, I think this is a good idea. I, I think what you do is you do make it public that you're putting these gun safes in because that's not something that you can keep private from the community. 
But I think after that, what you do is you install these these gun safes, and you have maybe two or three people, school resource officer, and maybe one or two other members of the faculty who will who voluntarily um, will become uh, you know another trusted person to 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 handle this weaponry in case God forbid you know it ever ha- has to be used. Uh, but you install it. I think Oxford was thinking of buying six so that you have multiple ones um, in different areas of the school. But you put them out of sight, out of mind, where the kids don't see them. And you let them forget about them. And just allow them to be kids and, and, and go on with as carefree of an existence as they can have in this day and age. And that way, you got three or four trusted, well-trained people who knows exactly what to do if uh, it's ever needed. And uh, in that in, in that respective, I think it would be very effective. Uh, you know, another one of the, the pro-gun safe arguments here uh, from last night's Oxford uh, High School uh, meeting on this. And by the way, Oxford has decided to kind of put a pin in this. They're not going to make a decision for now. I, I, and I think that's a good idea. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that... Uh, November of 2021 is still raw. It's going to be raw for a, a, a very long time. But but somebody brought up, hey, the police, the police are great. Most of the time they stop one of these incidents in five minutes. But what if we had somebody in the school that could stop it in one to two minutes? And I think that's a valid point. And I, I and I speak out a lot against gun violence, and I am for. Um, more gun legislation that protects people's rights and, and, and makes it harder for um, bad people to get these guns. Um, and I am a big, you know, the only thing to stop a, a bad guy with a gun is a good good guy with a gun. Um, but it has to be done responsibly. It, 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 it doesn't mean I think everyone should have a gun. Like me, myself, I'm, I'm a big, I, I'm an overall Second Amendment guy with caveats. I shouldn't have a gun. But there are certain people I know who carry, and I feel fine with them carrying a gun. And, and when I'm around them, I'm actually more comfortable. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, the news report by Dave Savage wrapped up last night saying that uh, there are four schools in the metro Detroit area who have these gun safes. And obviously he didn't disclose which ones, which, which I think, which I think is, is, is a good idea. I, I think you try to keep it as secret as you can. But uh, you also have to toe the line and be tran- as transparent as you can. Because uh, if you do install these and nobody knows about it, that's a huge, huge scandal. Uh, disappointing news from the world of retail. Obviously, Target's been in the news because they have uh, reported huge losses due to shoplifting over the past year. Hundreds of millions of dollars of, of lost merchandise. Well, now in the wake of the Dylan Mulvaney, Bud Light, trans activist backlash from beer drinkers, um, I guess this this angry mob with torches and pitchforks are now going after Target. And I'm just going to read you the first uh, paragraph here from the USA Today, headlined by Jessica uh Gun Guin G U Y N N says Target removes LGBTQ Pride Month merchandise after threat. Pardon me. <coughs> <clears throat> uh, 
Target is pulling some LGBTQ plus merchandise from stores that it rolled out for Pride Month after confront confrontations with customers. Since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work, Target said in a statement to USA Today. Given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. Items that have drawn negative attention including t- include tuck-friendly women's swimsuits that allow trans women who have not had gender-affirming operations to conceal male genitalia. Target did not say which items it was removing. Um, Fox News reported Tuesday that some Target stores, mostly in the rural south, were trying to avoid a Bud Light situation. Surprise, surprise. By relocating some Pride merchandise after conservatives complained, referring to the backlash against parent company Anheuser-Busch since it featured a transgender influencer, Dylan Mulvaney, in a promotional campaign. Um and it says several videos have falsely claimed that Target is selling tuck-friendly swimsuit for kids in in kids sizes, which is not true. Um, it, this is very disappointing, and it it, it kind of brings me back to this whole backlash against Bud Light for sending a a, a trans Instagrammer um, some beer cans, um, putting the rainbow on some beer cans, and how these fragile children in adults' bodies just went crazy. And and look, you have the absolute right to be a meathead, just like I have an absolute right to to laugh at you for calling everyone snowflakes and being triggered by something, um, something so innocuous. And Kid Rock, if you want to shoot a case of Bud Light with your machine gun, God bless you paid for it's your beer, it's your gun, it's your ammo. Do with it what you want. What you don't have the right to do is once you know you've you've made short work of of Bud Light, and uh, you know I was disappointed to see that they, there was no back, there was not a whole lot of pushback against the Bud Light pushback, and, and I think that's probably uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, I don't think uh, a lot of people in the LGBTQ community were, were, were drinking a whole lot of Bud Light to begin with, which is probably why they sent Dylan Mulvaney um, this, uh, you know, this care package or whatever. And I think it's uh, another reason is Bud Light's old advertising campaign. For decades and decades, you know, beer commercials have been Hey, drink this beer, or else you're uh, you're you're not as manly as a man. Or or drink this beer, or women won't find you attractive. Bud Light has spent so much time cultivating this image, you know, t- to macho, fragile dudes, that it's really no surprise that uh, they face this backlash um, afterwards. But uh, like I said, you have a right to. You have a right to to speak out against something, even if I I disagree with it, and I think that uh, you're being a bit uh, prejudiced to say the least. Uh, you have the right to boycott and uh, not buy the product, but you don't have a right to start threatening people at Target um, who are just there trying to do their job. 
And, uh, you know, th this th this is kind of target caving, but I, I really don't see what other choice they had if people are if people are being um, confronted and and threatened at work. So, um, again, an, a, another uh, disappointing uh, societal flashpoint there. We finally got a timetable for the Donald Trump trial. Um, the uh, investigation into um, his hush money payments to Stormy Daniels after they allegedly had an affair in front of the uh, 2016 election and uh, some tricky bookkeeping that uh, may or may not be a felony. And that timetable is going to be March of 2024, well into the primary season. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people screaming foul that this is going to, uh, you know, that, that, that this has been done purposefully, that this is done to interfere in the election and to, um, you know, paint Donald Trump as a, a felon and a womanizer and a briber, um, you know, in the heart of primary season. Uh, number one, I don't think that uh, any of his voters are going to uh, jump ship because they haven't already. But here's the question, and I really don't know the answer. Um, you know, is this a normal timetable that any defendant in any case would be facing? Or is Alvin Bragg doing what he's being heavily accused of doing? And that is slow rolling this thing in order to uh, slime Trump during the election. And I don't know. I really do not know the answer. I know that uh, Trump supporters can be kind of whiny and they think everything is a slight. But I will say this. If Alvin Bragg is slow rolling this thing um, for political purposes, I would strongly, strongly ad advise him to be careful about giving Donald Trump an opportunity to play hero martyr because that's what he does best. Donald Trump, he goes out there, he kicks the... He, he kicks the uh, hornet's nest, and then when he gets stung, he acts like, uh, you know, he's been victimized. He'll go out there and he'll criticize immigrants. He'll go out there and criticize his, his, his uh, political opponents. And then if anyone dares to speak out against him or, 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 or stand up for themselves, uh, Donald Trump plays this hero martyr thing. And he does it better than anyone else in politics. So, um, so if Alvin Bragg, and I've got no evidence to say that Alvin Bragg is actually doing this, but, but, but if he is doing what he's being accused of, uh, be very, very careful because it could backfire. And Donald Trump's number one adversary or number one challenger in the primary so far is finally going to make it official tonight as uh, Ron DeSantis is planning on announcing his candidacy um, for president on the Republican side tonight at 6 o'clock on Twitter with, uh, with uh, Elon Musk. And there's a couple, of, uh, a couple of angles to why I think he's doing this. Number one, I think that uh, the fact that this is on Twitter... And I'm sure that Elon Musk would probably say if, if any presidential candidate wants to declare on Twitter as the ultimate free speech 
platform, Republican or Democrat, they can go ahead and do that. But Ron DeSantis is the first one, and so, you know, all the juice is kind of gone after that. After that, there, there's no buzz around it. But I think that Ron DeSantis is, is choosing to declare on Twitter pretty much uh, as a stick in the eye to Donald Trump because um, Twitter is Truth Social's number one competitor. And a lot of wind was taken out of Truth Social sales when uh, um, Elon Musk took over and said Twitter is now a complete free speech platform. Uh, thus pretty much uh, cutting off the need for Truth Social in conservatives' minds because Truth Social was supposed to be what Twitter is marketing itself as now, a uh, complete wide-open west of, 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 of free speech and information or misinformation. Doesn't matter. If you want to post it, post it. And, of course, you, you know, Elon Musk has kind of rethought that strategy uh, with uh, uh, almost immediately after he started, uh, he, he, he took over um, as, as owner of Twitter. People were putting out a whole bunch of misinformation about Elon Musk, and Elon Musk said, okay, message received. I see what you're doing. We're going to have to have some kind of content moderation. But I definitely think that this is a little middle finger to Donald Trump, and it's a, it's a little uh, it's a little knifing of his ribcage saying, hey, check this out. I'm bringing so much. I'm doing this on uh, the biggest competitor. I'm doing this on the platform that you were supposed to dethrone with your truth social that has uh, – um, growth has stagnated, I think, in no small part to the changes made at Twitter. And uh, there was an interesting uh, headline on Axios today that said that Elon Musk could be the new Rupert Murdoch. And essentially what it said is that uh, after Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox, there was a big exodus of, of people, who, of the Fox News audience, because... Tucker Carlson was their number one show. And once Tucker Carlson walked, these people left. I don't know if they went to uh, if they went to Newsmax. I don't know if they went to OAN. I don't know if they just went uh, to the Daily Wire. But uh, the fact of the matter remains that, that Fox News is, is kind of losing its ass a little bit after the uh, uh, firing of, of Tucker Carlson. And speaking of Tucker Carlson, he's gone to Twitter. And so Elon Musk has marketed uh, Twitter as this uh, bastion of free speech, and a lot of um, a lot of conservatives have come back to Twitter, and so a lot of that influence has 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 shifted from Rupert Murdoch and and Fox News over to Elon Musk and Twitter, and uh, I think it's a uh, I, I think it's a very astute observation.